Um, I was I was getting a massage yesterday, Barbara, and I, I get it every Wednesday at quarter past one. She's an amazing. She's got healing hands. I, th- I, th- I think. How she's, wonderful! Yeah, I, I, she she hates <laughs> it when I tell her I have healing hands, and she has an intuitive uh, ability mm-hmm. there. She hates it because she's obviously got all of these certificates that go with it. But Rhoda was telling me, Volkanov has been like going since 1917. How's it possible for it to come out I now? Know. I know. And now there's so much coming out. Yeah, so that's the top story here that I'm going to talk about, and that's the sort of more horror stories coming out of um, out of this story from former Wilkenhof residents. This um, in a new, the, uh, the latest in one of the News 24 exposés that we've been reading over the last few weeks. And this morning they published uh, their latest version of this, where they've interviewed a student. Oh, well, now he's 69 years old. He's a pensioner. Back in 1973, he was a victim of this in Wilkenhof and he says you know they raped me in a sense and he describes these this paint and the, this this toilet brush and I mean it's just all just too horrific to read but you know what stood Coming out, out for, of the woodwork yeah but what stood out for me was you know um, people like um, Edward Cameron who was at Wilkenhof back then you know he's come out and he said like I don't support this etc etc but, you know, I've spoken to people, even one of our colleagues here who was actually at Dachbriak, which was, um, and that was in the 90s, it was later. One of the, So the two big male residences in Zellenbosch historically have always been Dachbriak and Wilkenhof. Dachbriak mm. was the big rugby one, but Wilkenhof was, was similar. And he, you know, he, I mean, this colleague didn't go through this level, but he says the psychological abuse and the way they were treated was so, so terrible. Um, but this has been going on forever. We know since, you know, the beginning of these residences. But for me, reading about it, I was thinking, how can there still be accounts? Because this is what's come out in the last few weeks of 2020 something that in 2021, there are still people talking about this happening to them. You know, Pierre de Foss wrote a piece yesterday on the Daily Maverick about his experience back in the mid-80s at Wilkenhof. 85, I was at UCT at the time. I was on the UCT SRC. We worked with Stellenbosch. We started a new CIS branch there and an inconscription Cambridge. And he talks about that. And he talks about how he was in Wilkenhof. And I was thinking, Pierre de Foss in Wilkenhof. Can you imagine this poor guy having to deal with that? And he says he only experienced the punishment for his crime once actually during his period there where they painted him etc but you know just the whole way he describes that you know in the 80s how much it was part of the the, the africana nationalism Culture. and this idea of belonging and yet there were people there like pierre who obviously were not um of that view but obviously he was you know he yeah. had he then went and joined newsas and he joined yeah. in conscription campaign did he join newsas there yeah which we because at the time there was no newsas branch at, on, at on Bush, but yes. in the mid 80s we actually started us we went there to help those that were aligned to start a small branch you you. i know but it was they were amazing 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 people um and but, i mean a, a i can't imagine them, a dissenting voice in they, the 80s no there was no there was okay. and we started an Cranberry branch there, and all the guys and the the, the woman. Uh, there were some, particularly guys that we were we we got to know well. They were like children or grandchildren of National Party ministers, mm. um, who and they were and, amazing. And they were solidarity, and they, they were they were amazing. But um, you know, it's just so interesting. He says in his piece um, that in the mid eighties, and I remember this that Vil- that residence there was an expose of of, of Volkhanov then in Dimati. He actually joined. He became. Uh, he worked on Dimati there. 
newspaper, the student newspaper, um, like, I mean, I worked on Varsity, which was our UCT one, and they did an expose then. And the Wilkenhof leadership of the residents went around, says Pierre, and they collected all the copies of DiMarti and burnt it in a big bonfire. And all the Wilkenhofers were like cheering. And he says the shocking part was that the unit, well, not shocking maybe, that the university authorities were more concerned about the expose and DiMarti than the fact that they'd made a bonfire out of all these newspapers. You know, this is what you're dealing with. And I can understand that in the 80s. Mm. What I cannot understand is in 2021, I think, is the latest report uh, last week of some Wilkenhof resident talking about going through these kinds of initiations. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Is it sad? Or what's going to come out of I the don't. woodwork? And, and why has there been no mention of the police doing anything? I mean, is it not a sort of criminal injuria? Is it not something mm. other than just the university authorities now saying they're going to investigate this? They're going to root this out. I have to say this morning's article, for those of you that have a subscription or have access to News24, the headline is, I still have nightmares. Former Wilkenhof students describe horror initiation practices. I tell you now, that was like quite hard to read. It's long and it's quite a big read of the details of this, you know, Hull 88 and, and the, you know, that room. Um, and then, the, you know, the, re- the, 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 the alumni also saying, oh, this is part of history and that's why it still exists. Meanwhile, it was, they were locked in, uh, these rooms were locked. Like, there was obviously, it was being kept a secret. Yeah. I don't know. I don't understand it at all. It's just pretty awful to read in yeah, this day and age. I think there's going to be more coming out of the woodwork. Definitely. Definitely. And I don't think it's going to make for nice reading. Mm-mm. Okay, let's go on. Yeah, the next one is also a little bit dark, I have to say, quite very dark. And that is, but also so fascinating that at this congressional hearing on Capitol Hill in the United States yesterday, um, and Meta was there, you know, Mark Zuckerberg, the CEO of Meta was there, TikTok bosses were there, ex-bosses were there. And this was a hearing uh, where victims of and parents and families of children who had been victims of online child abuse, children who had died through through um, activities from from this online child abuse were there and very, very powerful and emotional testimony given. And in a stunning kind of moment, Mark Zuckerberg stood up and the pictures are actually quite quite powerful. He turned around to the audience, to the parents and families at the back who were holding pictures of their children and he apologized. And it is quite powerful. I know, you know, we're going to say, well, what are you going to actually do about it? The other the other online platforms didn't really do that, but he did. You know, he's 39 years old. I know people have said terrible things about him, and but, you know, we can change. And maybe this was maybe his Damascus moment. Who knows? I, I think he changed a couple of times. I he think has. He's a bit of a chameleon, okay. actually, because he started that organization, and he I know. Uh, and, 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 the, and the buzzword was, uh, don't be evil. Yeah, like and then it. what happened, you know? But then, he's he turned around in, on the Senate floor, and he said, I'm sorry for everything you have been through um, you know no one should go through things that your families have suffered and this is why we invest so much and we are going to continue doing industry-wide efforts to make sure no one has to go through the things your family had to suffer of course I'm a bit cynical because like how do you stop online sexual abuse of children it's 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 like out of control and in a way no matter what kind of what's the word checks and balances you put in place. I think the online community, I mean, it's just a very hard one to police. 
Yeah. But anyway, hopefully but, but it is, is taken seriously. It is the Wild West. It is the Wild West. Yeah, so let's hope, um, let's hope something really good comes out of this. And, uh, and, uh, and Mark Zuckerberg, uh, is being authentic in his apology and that he is going to do something about this. I hope this. so. I hope um, so too. I'm being, we, are we being corrected because I think you agreed with me. It's not, don't be evil is not Mark Zuckerberg. Don't be evil is Google. Uh, and okay. two people are saying that, uh, so I think uh, okay. there's some merit probably. Okay. But, you know, he also started at a very young age. You know, he was on campus when he started his Facebook uh, for, for, it was in, in camp, an in-campus platform. You know, a couple of decades have passed. Um, he's got to take responsibility for this thing he's created. And, you know, children are being hurt, and that's not okay. Mm. You have to take responsibility for that. And power and money is exactly. addictive, and it can also manifest yeah, in very that's true. sad ways. But, yeah. And then finally, I just find this an absolutely intriguing story. And it's, it's, it was published over the last couple of days, this scientific um, research that is saying that Alzheimer's, they've documented the first ever transmitted case of Alzheimer's. And when I read that, I thought, what? You can't catch Alzheimer's. Mm. And so then I read the article, and obviously there's more to it than this. The... This is referring to patients who are linked to a medical procedure that is no longer allowed to be used. This was like 40 years ago. They did these, um, tra these, um, they transferred this hormone, and this is just going to be very dark to hear, from cadavers, growth hormone from cadavers into children who had some sort of stunted growth oh, to help okay. them grow. I have a vague memory of this. They then banned that procedure. But these are these patients currently who are who are manifesting Alzheimer's symptoms. They're in their fifties, forties, and even thirties. What? Back then went through it seems this particular medical procedure of getting a growth hormone from cadavers. And they are now finding that the reason they've got Alzheimer's is because it came from that transfer of those proteins in the hormone. And it's not quite, it's manifesting slightly differently, I think, from, from your sort of classic Alzheimer's. But they have now um, published this in, in the medical journals. The hormone transplant seeded the beta amyloid protein. That's a hallmark of Alzheimer's in some recipients' brains, which decades later propagated into disease-causing plaques. They are the first known cases of transmitted Alzheimer's disease and likely a scientific anomaly. Yet, they say, finding a finding that adds another wrinkle in mm. the ongoing arguments about what truly causes Alzheimer's. So while it is an anomaly, you know, all of these things add to your understanding of the disease. But I mean, what a crazy story that like 40 years ago or 30 years ago, you had this growth hormone transplanted into you. And just how widespread well, was I that don't, application? I do wonder. I don't think it, well, I don't know. Um, and the risk you're taking of some kind of a medical procedure like that, which they then banned. Yeah. I don't know. It just, it's one I'm of those crazy, it that. is a crazy story though. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I think cognitive 
issues are really commonplace. I think a lot of people are impacted by it. I know I'm personally impacted, and to watch somebody go through that. Absolutely. Is, my mom, easy, my mom right? had dementia. And then also the other day when I was first reading about this, I, was, I came across a whole lot of new stats about they're predicting that the amount of people who are going to have dementia and Alzheimer's going forward is just going to grow exponentially. And... Um, yeah, this is not uh, you know this is not just a small thing. I'm certainly going to go and read up more on that. So <sighs> thank you very much, Barbara Friedman. That's Barb's wire, uh, and she saves us uh, the problem the problem of having to find uh, the major things that people are talking about on social media.